What's dead in your life that needs reviving? Let me tell you who can do it. That's God. Whoo, I better look at my notes or I might just start preaching. You know, this worked out pretty good because of the first question I wanted to ask this day. This day I wanted to ask you this question. What stirs your soul? What stirs you and gets you excited? You know, there's a lot of things that many people can mention. We could talk about sunrises or sunsets. We could talk about our wives, our husbands, our children. But there's one thing I think we all probably have in common. You know what stirs our soul universally as mankind? Music. Music does. Hans Christian Andersen said, Where words fail, music speaks. You know, I got to thinking about music. And I got to thinking about how everyone in this room has music in common. Some of you... When you were young, you were dating, you'd reach over, flip on the radio while you're going down the road, and on would come a love song, and it would sound something like this. Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. Love songs really speak to us. How many of you knew that song? How many of you kissed your boyfriend listening to that song? Okay, you know, oh, I, I, I see some hands. How about that? Some confessing going on this morning. I like it. All right, when I was a little, uh, you know, a little later in life, as I was a teenager, Roscoe, I'd be driving down the road, be thinking about my girlfriend, thinking about my date, and something like this would come on. Turn it up or something here. Highway run. (laughs) I'm forever yours. Faithfully. Drop, baby. I'm forever yours. Faithfully. Of course, we broke up, and you know, now I'm I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world. I'm glad I broke up with that girl, you know? How about this one? I know some of you, some of you men, I know when you were dating, you played this song and you lip-synced it to your girl. How about this one? Come on. Who has sung this song to your girl sometime? Nobody's going to admit it. Well, I'm going to sing it to Jane right now. Jane's watching. Oh, I hear some of you singing it. Yep. See, music moves us, doesn't it? These love songs just, just, just real, will move us to sing, to dance. But there's some other music in our lives, not just love songs. There were some breakup songs, right? For that, we'd probably have to go to country first. <laughs> you know, our dog runs away and our girl 
We have her no more. <laughs> Thank God, Grand, you're gone. How about this? Here's a song, We Are Never Getting Back Together. That's a good one. Or, or I Am a Survivor. Since You've Been Gone. These are all good breakup songs. By the way, when I proposed to my wife at sunset on the lake, dressed as Prince Charming, that's right, guys. If you're going to do it, do it right, because I was only going to do it at one time. I proposed to her, lip-syncing a song. Phantom of the Opera, All I Ask of You, was a song that I lip-synced while I proposed to her. On the course, I got down on one knee, pulled off my little hat with a feather in it, took out my ring box that was glass, and looked up at her and said, Will you marry me? I was not wearing tights, gentlemen. I want you to know they were puffy pants. No tights here. You know, we like soft music. Some like rock and roll. Some like the 70s. Some like the 90s. Some like the 80s. Others might like the 50s. But music has moved us. How about this one? I'm excited about this one. I'm dreaming of a Christmas. Christmas songs. They set the mood. They get us in tune. They get us ready for something special, don't they? Well, you know, there's also movies. There's music and movies. Have you ever noticed that when you're watching a movie, you, you probably don't really realize it, but while you're watching a movie, there's music in the background to stir your emotions and your soul. Sometimes there's big music for the big moments or the action scene, and then there's soft music. And then there's that... When a man loves a woman kind of music whenever they're staring at each other in the eyes. But there are some iconic music from movies such as, such as this one. You all know this one, don't you? you go, oh, oh, some of you are going to do it. Let's do it together. Ready? Ready? Here we go. It's almost there. Get ready. Get ready. Chariots of fire. We all know that. It's music. We recognize it. It stirs us. Then there's this one. Then there's this one. And if you don't know, know this one, then we are going to definitely have to talk afterwards or just let Paul play it on the drums. Oh, here we go. You all know this song from a famous movie, right? Which Rocky, now we're getting in, in, into conversations. Well, which Rocky was it from? When was it introduced? Music moves us. Here's another one that I think most everybody in the room is going to recognize. How about this one? Star Wars. See, we get excited about things like that, don't we? Man, I wish y'all had gotten that excited during worship. Kind of like I did, you know, I was, I was getting like out of control over there today with this, this music. Music moves us. Let me tell you, here's a song that moves me that I love. When peace like 
I see y'all singing it. Sing along. sing it is well it is well with my soul that song carries more for me than any of the others we listen to you know I can hear some of this other music and it'll take me back to a time and a place. It, it, it will get me excited. Uh, there's iconic music here. There's, there's songs in your life that you go, man, these are songs that I just love. But when you hear something like that, that stirs your soul on a whole nother level. Today we are digging into Father in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and whatever our individual tastes may be when it comes to music, there's one thing that is for sure. There's something about music that soothes our soul, that excites us, that turns our attention to something special. Music ministers to us. As a matter of fact, the first time music is ever mentioned is in the book of, anybody want to take a guess? The book of Genesis. It is in the book of Genesis when music is mentioned. Chapter 4. Juba was the father of all those who played. Over half of the Psalms in the middle of the book are written by this man named David. In fact, if you did not know, Psalm simply means song. This morning, as Buddy ran, read from Psalms, he was reading the lyrics to a song. How majestic. Those are great words to be included in a song. So today we're going to turn our attentions. Last week we looked at how David was anointed, how Samuel was looking for that king that was going to replace Saul, and God said, nope, it's not Eliab, it's none of his seven brothers. Bring, bring little David in, and he saw him, and God said, this is the man, this is the one. He anointed him, and David went back to business and went back to the field, tending the sheep. Even though he had been chosen by God to be the next king and he was anointed, he was in the field tending sheep. And we're going to pick up in verse 14. Hopefully you've got your word of God with you so that you can look and you can read along. I want you to see these words. Because as soon as I read this verse, you're going to have questions. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Anybody got questions? Well, if nobody's got a question, then I'll just move on. Oh, okay. So we have somebody that's got a question. Good deal. Because I was hoping we could address the question. The question here 
has to do with the evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. But here's what I want to do first and foremost. Something for you to never forget. Never forget this. Write this down in your notes today. Never forget that people have problems. I got one person helping me preach today. Come on, people have problems. Amen, people have problems. Are there any people in the house today with problems? Yes, we have problems, right? We can see in this verse that there is a man by the name of Saul, and he's got a problem. He's got a big problem. Something went wrong. Paul turned his back on the Lord, wanted to do it his way. And when you read this, the very first thing that you want to, 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 to focus on, let's look at the, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Hold on a second, Pastor. Does that mean the Spirit of the Lord can depart from me? What does that mean that the Spirit of the Lord left Saul completely? Left a void, left a vacuum. Now, when we look at Scripture, we're going to do some theology here. When we look at Scripture... We have to look at it through the lens of the cross. We have to see Jesus. We have to understand the context. So let's think just for a second. At the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon the disciples. They spoke, and there were 3,000 people that got saved. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit began to dwell within mankind. Up to that point... The Spirit of God did not dwell within man on a permanent basis. Only in the Old Testament would God's Spirit visit someone, give them wisdom, knowledge, strength, whatever, and then the Spirit would be removed. So the Spirit did not just rest upon someone and stay there in the Old Testament. It's only because we're on this side of the cross that we can understand that when God's Spirit comes, it comes and it stays. Nothing can separate us from the Spirit of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Everything changed with the cross and the resurrection. So when we read the words here, now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, we must understand we're talking way before the cross. So God's Spirit removed from Saul. So the Spirit of God departed before the evil spirit came. Did you notice that? God's Spirit left, and then an evil spirit came. And I know you're sitting there going, wait just a second. An evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Anybody scratching your head going, what in the world? All right, good. That's a good question. That's a good wonder. It's, it, it's a good moment to say, the Lord sent an evil spirit to terrorize him? Well, here's the thing. The evil spirit was not permanent, just like God's spirit was not permanent on Saul. And the evil spirit was not simply some mental anguish or depression. It wasn't some kind of mental illness. It was an evil spirit. So let's make sure we're clear on this. Do not apply depression or, or mental illness to this verse. This was an evil spirit sent by God. Now, some may say, would God even do that? Can he do that? Because God is a holy God. It's two things. Can God use evil to fulfill his plan? 
Can God use evil to bring about good? Yes, He can. Is evil still subject to God's control? Yes, it is. So when we look at this, don't let your faith stumble by going, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening here? Understand that God's still in control. Evil does not override God's rule. And that God can use evil to fulfill His purpose and plan. As a matter of fact, there's evil that's probably come into each of our lives at some point. Something has happened that was just evil or wrong or bad. And God used it for good. Now, I'm not here to tell you that God sends all the evil stuff into your life. What I'm here to say is right here in this place, in Saul's life, God removed his spirit and you can... You can say it multiple ways. God allowed the evil spirit to go. God permitted it to go. God said, go over there. There's a lot. We don't know exactly what the conversation was, but we do know that the Lord knew everything about this evil spirit going to get on Saul. Now, I hope your soul's a little disturbed by this because it should be because this was disturbing to Saul. I'm going to read the verse again. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. So know that people have problems. And sometimes their main problem is spiritual. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a truth I don't want you to miss. Sometimes the problem in people's lives is spiritual. Sometimes the person who seems to be the meanest and the cruelest and the ugliest to you, the hatefulest individual, has got a spiritual issue going on. So you've got to be thinking spiritually. So now, I want us to look at 15 through 17 because not only do people have a problem, but God has a solution. And check out His plan. Verse 15, Saul's servants then said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God is terrorizing you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you. Let them seek a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you that he shall play the harp with his hand and you will be well. Why are they saying that? Because it is held in some archaeological finds that they have discovered that there was this idea that in some carvings and inscriptions that the ancients believed that music soothed passions, healed mental diseases, and even held in check riots and tumults. They found that there was power in music. That music could influence things. So these people who are around Saul, they see a problem. You, you know what? Let's go. They actually cared about Saul. They didn't just turn and walk the other direction and say, Well, that fool can deal with this himself. I'm staying out here. They actually cared. They noticed and they cared. And here's what I think is amazing. God makes a connection between the king's courts and the one that he anointed to be king. Check this out. What happens next? Verse 17, so Paul said to his servants, Provide for me now a man who can play well and bring him to them, to him, to me. Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have, what does your Bible say? Seen. This person at some point had been witness, 
had been around. Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man. And the Lord is with him. That is not by accident, ladies and gentlemen. See, God was able to take someone that had a problem, he had a solution, and that solution began way before the man even had a problem. So let me tell you something. If you've got a problem today, God's probably been working on your solution before you even had a problem. You've got to believe that God's involved in your life, and right now, whatever that problem is, God can use it for the good to all those who love the Lord, who's called according to His purpose. So notice David's resume here. The, then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man. Those are pretty impressive. That's a good resume. But don't miss the last thing this young man said. And the Lord is with him. Saul has had the Lord Go away from him. And now here comes a resume of a man who has the Lord with him. Let me tell you, that's the most important thing about David's resume. You know, I love to play bass, in case you have not noticed. When I'm up here playing, I'm not playing for y'all. I'm playing for him. And when I'm up here and I'm moving around, and as my wife said, I look like Rudy off of Fat Albert. I'm doing it for him. There's no need for me to stand over there and sulk. I am here to worship because my musical ability is for him. Anything I do, that, that bass playing, let me tell you when it started. When I was 14 years old, my mom and dad had a group that we would go around and we'd sing in churches. And my dad wanted me to play banjo, so he bought me a banjo. Took me to banjo lessons, and I would come in, and I'd be like 10, 11, and he'd put that banjo in my hand, and he'd stand in front of me and get a chord. And I want you, this is what my banjo playing sounded like. You think I'm kidding. That's really what it sounded like. I wasn't doing the, you know, the finger things and making all, all that pretty noise with a banjo, but I was just strumming away. And all the people in the churches, they just loved it. Because, oh, look at that little boy up there playing the banjo. Half the time, I was not even in the right chord. But people just loved to see me play the banjo. From that, when we had a bass player who was playing for our, our, our family, who's actually a relative, he quit playing, and I just picked it up one day, and I just started playing with some records and discovered, hey, this is easy. This is more my speed. Instead of having to worry about three fingers and all these fingers and all these five strings, this is one string on one fret with one note at one time. That is my speed right there. One. Boom. I got this. And that's how it began. And I... I've used it throughout the years, playing in gospel groups, playing in bands. And I got news for you. I love music because music stirs my soul. Sometimes I'll listen to jazz. I'll listen to better bass players than me just do nothing but play bass. 
but I play for the Lord. David, he was a man and the Lord was with him. And I guarantee you that when he was out in that shepherd's field looking after those sheep, I bet he is playing. He's playing for the Lord. He wrote, like I said earlier, over half of the Psalms. I bet some of the Psalms that we read actually came from him sitting out there in that field, just playing his harp. Can you imagine the sheep just enjoying that? How I wish I could have been a fly, just sit out there and listen to David play the harp. But it also said that he was a man of valor. He was a warrior. He was prudent in speech, and he was a handsome man. This person is building him up to the king. As we look at this, the third thing I want you to write down is this. Never. Somebody say never. never. Somebody say never ever. never, ever. Somebody say never, ever, never. Never discount anything in your past. See, David was sitting out there. He became a warrior, a man of valor, prudent in speech, not because he was in some fancy school and he was getting lessons on how to play a harp. It was because he was out there with the Lord and God was preparing him. And all that in the past was now beginning to be used. So if there's something that you've done in the past that you got talent, use it for the Lord. Find a way to praise Him with it. I'll never forget when I first started playing here. When I was called to be a staff member, a minister, I was playing in a band, a really good band. I mean, gosh, I was enjoying it. I would go two days without playing, and I would, it'd be like going without food for me. I wanted to play. And then when I was going to be on staff and, and I had to lead that band, I was afraid that it was going to affect me because I'd go two days without playing, and it would be like, ugh. But you know what happened? When God called me into a new season of my life, I found that that hunger for playing just went away. I didn't struggle with that. I began to be a minister. And then when I came back here, I got to get up here and start playing. And my mind was telling my fingers to do that, do things that my fingers just didn't know how to do and couldn't keep up with me. And, and, and there, there was a lack of communication between my head and my fingers. I'd go, boy, that would sound, but that's not what I just did. Come on, that, this was, oh, that's, oh, it, it was frustrating. But God gave me a, a talent and a gift. And we have not had a bass player in this entire congregation for a long, long time. But I get to play bass. See, what has God done in your life in the past and given you experience or talents that He wants to use right now? Maybe it's organization. Maybe it's, 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 uh, it's, it's small things or big things. God wants to use you in some form or fashion. You know, there's a lot of you that are serving right now, and we thank you for that because God is going to bless you, and people are going to be touched by you. You may think that some of your skills have been lost that you had years ago. Let me tell you something. Just get involved and start using them, and you're going to find them once again. David was called upon by Saul. They said, go and get this kid. Verse 19, so Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the flock. Where was he at? He wasn't playing in a band. He wasn't behind a podium teaching. He wasn't leading a group of people. 
He was out in the field playing for sheep. And Saul said, send me your son David. And so it went. Then David, verse 20, Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and a jug of wine and a young goat, and sent them to Saul by David his son. He's sending gifts to the king. Very respectful thing to do. Then David came to Saul and attended him, and Saul loved him greatly, and he became an armor-bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David now stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So it came about whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand. And Saul would be refreshed and be well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to, to know God-focused music can change you. Do you need refreshing today? Let me tell you, God-focused music will change you. Maybe somebody's not getting it, so I want you to say this with me. God-focused music will change you. We can get excited about listening to other music. And hey, let's just be honest in here. Most of us listen to something besides Christian music, or we have at some point in our past. But let me tell you, God-focused music will change you. If you're down and you're troubled and you're a mess, let me tell you, the best thing to do isn't to turn on Waylon Jennings or Conway Twitty. Best thing to do is not to turn on Garth Brooks or George Strait. The best thing to do is to find some music that is God-honoring and play it. As a matter of fact, I heard of a story that's so encouraging. When, when a lady received news that the cancer had returned, you know what she did? She got out her hymn book, she sat down at the piano and just began to play. She played God-honoring music because she understood her soul needed to be moved. It needed to be encouraged, and that's where her heart was at. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to tell you today that I'm not going to be like the pastors I grew up with. If you listen to rock and roll music, you're going to go to hell. I'm, no. I hope that's not the case. I can tell you it's not because there's only one way to go to hell and that's to reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you you can't listen to all this other music. What I'm going to tell you today is you need to be listening to some God-focused music in your life. It will change you. It will change you from someone who worries so much to one who's singing songs when they're worried. One that goes from being tired and weary to whistling while you work because you're whistling. It is well with my soul. Or, you know what a song I've been singing for weeks? This song, Graves in the Gardens. Man, I'll wake up and I'll be getting ready and that song will just be stuck in my head. Now, some of you may have experienced that, that on Tuesday morning you're singing or thinking about some song we did on Sunday morning. That's good. That's very good. But let me tell you, as we read through this, let me tell you a beautiful formula that took place. 
a man of God playing the music of God refreshed and relieved a troubled soul. You cannot dismiss the power of music in your life. Ludwig, Ludwig von Beethoven. Did I say that right? I'm a country boy from Dahlonega. It's hard. Ludwig von Beethoven. <laughs> Thank you. Music can change the world. A universal language, no matter what language you speak, is music. It's beautiful to hear God's worship in different languages. It's beautiful to see people who can't communicate about the color of a shirt sing how great is our God together and lift up praises. See, this man had a troubled heart and a troubled soul and that music released him from it. Today, you may be troubled. You may be downhearted. You may feel like there's something that's just oppressing you or coming upon you. Can I tell you a great place to turn? Prayer, God's Word, and God's music. Don't dismiss that. Well, Pastor, is, is God's music really that important? If music's not important, why'd you play all that romantic stuff when you were dating? Why do we play all this romantic music at weddings if music isn't important? Why do we have music at funerals? One of my favorite songs right now is by Casting Crowns. Scars in Heaven. Anybody heard that one? The only scars in heaven is not going to be mine. Man, what a song that is. How about Casting Crowns? The one about the storm. I'll praise you in the storm. See, heads are nodding. These, these are proofs. This is proof that music is important and it moves our soul. Do not dismiss music in your life. God's music is vital. Why is it so, so vital? Because with music and God's Word, we not only know God better, but we draw closer to Him. No matter what your style is. Let me tell you, some people, man, like this song, Graves in the Gardens, gets people fired up. And for other people, they're going, can we just sing Amazing Grace? That's okay. But understand that the music glorifies God and it absolutely brings us into His presence. Whether it's Amazing Grace, um, Father's House, or, or Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. This music moves us. David was given this gift to make a connection between the anointing God had in his life to being in the palace of the king when he was a nobody and just a shepherd. Do you understand what God did here? He took music and moved a man, moved a little boy that had no significance into a palace to begin to connect with the place God had for him in the future. Wow. It should blow your mind. You should understand that music is incredible. Martin Luther said, Next to the Word of God, music deserves the highest praise. Because here's what music does. I love this. Check this out. So music moved David from the shepherd's field into the presence of 
of the king. Oh, maybe you didn't get it, so I'm going to try to say it one more time. Music moved little David from out there with the sheep all the way into the palace to be right in the presence of the king. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me today. God's music will move you from wherever you are into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who can handle all your mess. The one who can take you beyond where you think you are. The one that will take you to a place that you never thought possible. When God's got an anointing and calling on your life, that music will move your soul into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If the music don't move you, then get on your knees and start praying because God's music should move you into the presence of Almighty Man, this music moved little David from the shepherd's field into the presence of the king. But it was because he was a child of the true king of kings and the Lord of lords that it made a difference. Saul did not have the spirit of the Lord on him, but David did. And when David got in there, there was something about his music. Something about his music that changed everything. With the power of music being so important, how often do you listen to it? How often do you sing it? Is it only on Sunday morning when you come to church? Do you think that this music is only for Sunday morning? Oh, oh you need it during the week. I don't know about you, but I know I need it. I'll turn it on. When I'm outside working... When I'm, when I'm doing something, I will turn me on some music and just listen to it. Because it does something. It encourages me. It, it gets my mind clear. So what must I do? What must I do with this, this, this message, this story? What is God wanting us to do today? Well, this is going to be pretty specific. Check this out. Open the book of Psalms and read. Pretty simple, huh? That's not complicated. Why would I say that? Because the book of Psalms is the only book in the entire Bible that's made up of just worship songs. Now, it may not be to the, to, to the tune and the lyrics that you can think of. We don't know what the lyrics and tune was. But they were songs written to, Lord, to the Lord. They'll, they'll start off with, oh, woe is me. And by the end, they're going, praise the name of Jesus. How majestic is his name. These, these songs relate to our souls and the hurts and the pain. Because when words fail, music speaks. So what do you do with this? Open up the book of Psalms. Just start reading it. And the second thing is, become song-filled and overflowing. Become so song-filled with God's music that it's overflowing out of your mouth, out of your mind, out of your ears. Let me tell you what just thrills my heart. My oldest daughter, Jayanna, let me tell you something. She knows Christian music forward, backwards, upside down. And you can play three notes of any song that's on the radio. She'll tell you exactly who sings it and what the song is and what the lyrics are. She's probably already, wherever she's at, thought about six or seven songs that would go with today's message. Because she, it's overflowing out of her. And you want to know how that happened? Don't tell her. But I did an experiment with her and E.E. E.E. loves Christian music. She listens to it all the time. Why? Because when they were babies, 
I turned on the radio in their room, and it was on Christian music, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When they went to sleep, they were listening to Christian music. When they woke up, they were listening to Christian music. When they were in their room playing, they were listening to Christian music. It was just that. And they have fallen so in love with God through music, their, their heart and soul has been stirred. And I believe they're more mature today in Christ because of the music that they've listened to. And if that is the case, the music you listen to will affect your soul and will either make you more mature or less mature in Christ. I will say this about some music, and I promise I won't meddle anymore. Some of the music out there ain't fit for nothing. Some of the music out there should not even be allowed to take up airspace that's between your ear and the speaker. There's some music out there that does nothing but tear down, destroy, and get you in a mindset away from God. But let me tell you, here's what you can do. If you want to be, be song-filled and overflowing with Christ, start listening to some good, Christian, God-honoring music. Now, I'm not saying you have to listen to it all the time, okay? Because I'm going to confess, there are sometimes I turn on some jazz and some blues and, you know, and stuff like that. Sometimes I listen to Journey. Okay, I confess in front of all, all of you. Sometimes I will listen to, <clears throat> shh, don't tell nobody. I love that song, Jump. Man, I love that thing, and I'll turn that sucker on. But it's not the only thing I listen to. The main thing I listen to is God-honoring music. Chuck Swindoll said, The Spirit-filled saint is a song-filled saint. There should be a song on your heart and a song on your mind and a song on your lips if you're spirit-filled. So can I tell you something? Sing out. Let me say it again. Sing out today. When it comes time to sing, don't worry about what somebody's going to think about you. You ain't singing for them anyway. When you sing, just sing. Whether it's a whisper, whatever you can get out, just sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise and praise God today. I have sung some th stuff and some of you thought, man, that's a noise right there. He needs to just hush and shut up. Let's just move on. But make a joyful noise to the Lord and lift Him up no matter what you think you sound like. It will move your heart, it will move your soul, and it will move you to a place where your life will be changed. In one of the great musicals, Phantom of the Opera, the musical that I chose a song from to play at sunset at the lake while I was dressed as Prince Charming, looking at the love of my life, with a feather in my hat and puffy pants, okay? Puffy pants, not tights. Just want to make sure you understand I was not wearing tights. This boy's not going to wear tights. All I ask of you came from Phantom of the Opera, and there is a song in that. There's a time when the Phantom is looking at the lady, and he says, Sing! And she'll sing. Sing! And she'll sing louder. Sing! And she'll sing louder. 
I urge you today, sing for the King. Sing for the Lord. Sing for Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to save your soul. Lift Him up in music and let Him change your life. And I guarantee you, when you get filled up with the, with the song, it's going to overflow and run all over the people. There might be somebody next to you that needs to be splashed with a little. So when you sing, sing to an audience of one. In this story of what took place, the soft music of David changed the hard heart of Saul. Do you, did you see what happened to Saul? He came to love David. His heart was turned to David. We will see soon how that changes. But in this moment, this music changed everything. Here's your challenge for the next seven days. For the next seven days, a double dog triple dare you to begin your day with some type of worship music. Begin your day, if it's hymns, play hymns. If it's Gaither vocal band, play Gaither vocal band. If it's Chris Tomlin, play Chris Tomlin. Just don't be playing Brooks and Dunn. I'm not talking about not playing those. I'm talking about starting your day with music that honors the Lord. And see what it does to you. I'm not asking you to do it forever. I'm asking you to just take this challenge for seven days. Just to begin your day with music that honors the Lord. I'm pretty sure... That if that happens, if you do it, you're going to find a difference in your life. Music is so powerful. As soon as Gina sat down and started playing at, at the piano, the Holy Spirit came in the room. You could just feel there's a difference because that piano is playing. The Holy Spirit was already here. That piano don't make the Holy Spirit come or go. But there's something about music. We're about to stand and we're going to sing a song called New Wine. It's about God making out of me something new. I don't know where you've been this week. I don't know what's been going on. I don't know about the worries that you may have. You may be afraid of this coronavirus. You, you may be worried about bills you've got in the mail. There might be something going on in your life where there's a relationship issue. Whatever the issue is, can I tell you something? God wants to do something new in your life today. So you can either choose to accept the status quo and stay right where you are, or you can choose to let God change you. There will be men and women up here at the front for you to come and to pray with, or you can kneel in the altar and pray. Whatever your choice and option is today, I want you to understand, encounter a holy and living God. Maybe today you're just going to stand and you just, you're just going to look at the lyrics and be moved by them. Maybe you're going to sing. It might be in your, your mask, outside of your mask. Whatever you do, encounter a holy and living God. Because He wants to do something new in your life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, unfortunately, you haven't experienced what it's like to be made new. 
So I want to share with you right now, if you want to encounter something that will truly change you, and then God's music will just move you, then accept Jesus today. Would you just ask Him to forgive you and take over your life? It is that simple. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to change the presets on your radio whatsoever for God to save your soul. God will save you right where you are and make you brand new. You simply admit, God, I've messed up. Forgive me and take over my life. I totally trust in you. So today, if you need to accept Christ, would you come? If today you need prayer or you just need to come and pray, would you come? I'm going to pray, and as soon as I say amen, stand up, and we are going to sing this song, okay? Father, today we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your music. For your music moves our soul, stirs our hearts, and will change our mind. Lord, we ask that you will make us new today. We'll encounter you on a new level. Lord, for the one that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, may they just right now ask you to forgive them and take over their life. Father, for those who are hurting, who are going through rough patches, they don't know how to dig out or get anywhere, Lord, let them just soak in you. Let them come to pray or come to get prayer or prayed over them. Lord, let them sing. Father, for this song is actually a prayer to you. Lord, move us today to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. Will you make that decision for Jesus Christ today to accept him as your Lord and Savior? You can click that button online or here in this room. You can raise your hand or just come forward this morning. If you need prayer, will you come? Acknowledge it online. Acknowledge it in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And everybody.